GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. Exercise improves mental health and helps to reduce anxiety and depression. Clubhouse Chief Executive Tanya Aguila talks to us about a collaboration with personal trainer Raul Mesa. More generally, January and the start of a new year invite us to focus on our health. And Sophie Clifton Tucker will tell us about the benefits of cutting out alcohol. And she'll also talk to us about a new series of Book Club on GBC Television. But first, our top story is from the law courts and concerns a violent incident from two years ago at Waterport. And our reporter Ian Triai Clarence has been following it in court. November 2021 uh, was the incident, I think. Plenty of us saw it, uh, the videos of it circulating on WhatsApp. Um, The most recent development has been that two individuals involved uh, pleaded not guilty. They've been found not guilty. Antonio Gaiviso and a young man who was a juvenile at the time. We're not naming him. Uh, It's important to note, I think people might have wondered why there were no reports on it. Uh, There were complete reporting restrictions imposed by the judge at the time of the initial uh, hearings and not guilty pleas. Yes, so, so we reported on it originally? We reported on the incident after it happened. Once it reached court, we had four individuals who pleaded guilty and at that stage, complete reporting restrictions were imposed so as not to influence the upcoming trial, which has now completed. Now we're able to speak about it openly. And that was the court, obviously, who, who put yeah. those restrictions in place. Yeah. So, as, as we've heard, uh, 12 initially involved... Uh, four pleaded guilty in the first instance and they were given sentences of between 15 months and two and a half years. And in the months that followed, three more pleaded guilty. Um, one of them has been sentenced, another two will be sentenced next month. The remaining individuals involved uh, were had their, their charges withdrawn. Um, significant sentences, really significant custodial sentences. I think the, the, the issue was just the very public nature of the incident. Uh, it spilled out into the streets, traffic was stopped, we had, uh, well, m- one of the young Mr. Gavisos was hit by a car. It's very visceral when you see the mm. video. Yes, yes. And uh, a, an air pistol was discharged, we just had, and it's just, we're, we're talking Saturday afternoon, 3pm, and it was distressing to those in the area. It's, it's just, I think the judge was very clear on the fact that this was absolutely unacceptable. We don't want violence to be happening anywhere, but absolutely not in the middle of a public highway affecting the general public. Yeah, it was a lawless scene. No, it's not yeah. the sort of thing that you'd expect from, yeah. And it was prolonged, you know. We had uh, one car was driving around from Waterport Road to uh, Devil's Tongue, it's called, the, the, yeah, the back the, road. It's, Just yeah. repeatedly driving round until he hit someone who was flung into the air. It was all very graphic. And I think in fairness to all the individuals involved, it was... It was a, it was also not just a, a flare-up in the moment. It was uh, something that had escalated from the night before. And as as one of the defendants pointed out, he, re- he did report it to the police, which was responsible of him, the right thing to do. The police, uh, he claimed nothing came of it, of his report. Maybe too, too soon. Of no? course, but he was then drawn into, you know, they're looking for me the next day. He called his family. It was described in the courts as family and friends of the Bates and Brasons on one side, family and friends of the Guy Vesos on the other. Um, and it just came to a head in a very unpleasant manner. Um, in fairness to them, the majority uh, pleaded guilty. Um, they have been dealt with by the courts, and those who pleaded not guilty have been found not guilty. So, as I say, hefty sentences, significance. And so what's the, what's the top level? 
two and a half years was the longest sentence. Um, that also took into consideration previous convictions. Uh, that was for Mr. Mark Macias. And, yeah, those two that pleaded not guilty, been found not guilty, justice has been seen to be done, which was important, again, because it was just such a public incident. All right. Um, thank you for that, Ian. So apart from being in the law courts, you've been at the beautiful Alameda Gardens for a much more uplifting story uh, about uh, 31 years spent yeah. keeping those gardens looking beautiful. Yeah, looking beautiful and in no small part due to Mr. Andrew Avdinas. And he was, it was interesting, I hadn't realised it happened like that. As, as he told me, he was studying horticulture, of course. And he got a phone call from a younger Mr. Cortes who said that he wanted to renovate the Alameda Gardens. That would be John Cortes, current Minister yeah, for the Environment. Of course. Um, the Alameda Gardens are at least, I think, 150 years old. They might be older than that. And they wanted to do a, a, a real renovation and really give it some life. I think it was not dilapidated, but it's, it's, it certainly wasn't what it is today in 1993. And he's just been part of the of the of the refurbishment of the evolution, and it just keeps growing. And again, I was there yesterday to interview him, and he points out not not everyone goes to the Alameda. Everyone has some memories, but it's just really worth going to have a nice walk around. It's beautiful. It's, just, yeah. it's an amazing, relaxing, place. yeah, well kept. Uh, and the new areas coming up all the time. The the Kusuma Trust has has got the new the biodome area. They've I think the schools have taken to taking students down there for outdoor learning. But now with this, they've got a, a centre for it somewhere that's that's intended to take groups so they can learn and they can find out about the Alameda. All right, shall we hear from Andrew? Yeah. I uh, walked in my first day and there was loads to be done. There was nothing planted, so I just set two and started picking plants and and designing uh, different parts of the garden. A gardener's dream, really. It was fantastic. As far as I'm concerned, what will I do in the future? Maybe you're thinking, well, I won't disappear completely. I'm not emigrating, but I shall be coming back and, and, and helping. I've got some ideas which I want to develop in a more relaxed manner. And I might even write a book on on local, well, the the plants of the Alameda Gardens, which I'm sure will be very interesting. The voice of Andrew Abrines, who has spent 31 years working at the Alameda Gardens and is now retiring, and it's a story which has seen a lot of people comment on, Ian. Uh, just interesting to, to to note, you know, his career ends this week and his his volunteer period starts now. I'm sure he's there now at the moment in the Alameda doing yeah. his thing. It's uh, a, I suppose it's it's his love, no? It's his. Of course, it's a, it's a real passion. As, as I mentioned in the report, you know, uh, I look back at programs from 1994, and you can just see, you know, bursting with enthusiasm. He was the same on his last day of work. Yeah. You know, he just absolutely loves it, and it really comes across. And uh, how, that's been reflected. How lucky, no? Yeah, you know, do what you love, you'll never work a day in life. Mm. So, you know, Charles, a citizen of real quality in his work and general human endeavour. God bless you, Andrew. Um, Brian, thank you for your devotion to the Alameda all these years. Andrew, you've definitely left your mark on Gibraltar's landscape. A very well-deserved retirement. Uh, Michelle, hope you enjoy your retirement. Andrew, thank you for your support with our past summer programmes. And Albert, a beautiful person in every way, a very dedicated worker. It was a pleasure working with him during my time at the Alameda Botanic Gardens. Thank you, Andrew, and all the best in your retirement. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. It has been proven that exercise improves your mental health. It helps to reduce anxiety and depression. And so 
The charity clubhouse is collaborating with personal trainer Raul Mesa to offer a fitness and wellness programme for people who have mental health problems. Uh, good afternoon to the chief executive at Clubhouse, Tanya Aguila. Um, hi, Tanya. Can you tell us a little bit about this initiative? Hello. Thank you very much for having me today. Uh, this, we are really delighted to have Raul come in at Clubhouse on a weekly basis a few times. So every week he will send us um, his timetable so the members will see when he is available. They can have a chat and they get some advice, some tips to be able to get a bit healthier. So it's about exercise and nutrition. Raul will come in as well to the hospitality unit to explain more about a balanced diet. So we will provide uh, healthier uh, menus during the week for the members. So the members will be able to do the shopping properly, you know, buying the, the right things and to find a balance. It's not about not having a burger one day. Mm-hmm. You can have that, but to be able to balance the rest of, of, of the week and, and that. So Raul will be coming and work with members on an individual basis which is really important. It's not about group things for everyone that maybe they don't feel like doing that. Maybe, maybe the mobility, they have problems with that. So Raul will have that one-to-one session. They will ask about worries, about what they really need, what they like. So he will be able to adapt a program for each individual. He will offer the, the group sessions he has outside the clubhouse as well. So we will help with social inclusion. And uh, for example, on the twentieth of January at eleven o'clock, he will be do he will be having a, a talk regarding physical health, mental health, a, a clubhouse, and members are welcome to join that. So uh, they will participate in fundraising events, in other public events. So it's exercise, nutrition, social inclusion. So it will help members to get healthier in the the all aspect. I think a lot of us at this time of the year start thinking about how we can make improvements to be a little bit more healthy and exercise is obviously an important part of that and sometimes it can feel a bit um, intimidating because you you see how much some people do and you think oh yo no podría hacer eso no yeah, it's too much yeah, it's too much but but little things can make a big difference no like walking a little bit more doing just 10 15 minutes of exercise and at the same time things that you really like doing for example, you don't like swimming and they take you to the pool. It's like, I don't really like doing that. So you stop doing those things. So it's up to be able to find what you really like and try new things. But sometimes you don't know if you're going to like one thing until you try. So it's about giving people opportunities to be able to to move a bit more, to be able to do more exercise. Okay, and this is part of a broader program, um, uh, a community support program that Clubhouse is running. Uh, what's What else is included and, and what's the thinking? For example, we are going to start working with the GHA. So in a few, few weeks or months, we will start our smoking cessation program. So we try to see the, the person in a holistic way. And if we need, the person needs a referral to a doctor because the medication is not working properly or if the person needs a referral to Bruce's farm, for example. So it's about caring for the person who comes and try to help them to get healthier. And you do have um, partnerships with different organisations, yeah. public and also private. Uh, I know that you did something with SG Hambros in December, no? Yeah, we work, uh, we are partners, we have been partners for two or three years already and they are they are fantastic their, their team is very supportive we have uh, a placement a employment placement in the reception 
and they are, you know, the support of a member. They are really happy with with that person, and she's back to work. And uh, Hamburg's Bank has been the staff and the whole has been very, very supportive, and it's it's a pleasure to to work with them. Excellent. And um, when you look to 2024 and uh, the year ahead, what else has Clubhouse got planned? We don't stop. <laughs> we are working hard on a daily basis. So our employment program, you will hear very soon about new placement in very good organizations. So we are going to be, we are very proud that we are getting to the point that big organizations are happy to have Clubhouse members working there. Um, then uh, the Young Adults program, they are going to go to Oslo. In May, wow! So they are going to visit a few clubhouses to be able to bring ideas, to be able to share what they do here because they are fantastic. It's a very nice group, very active, um, very involved, and they are doing so much. So, and as well in September, the international, the clubhouse international seminar will be in Canada, and a group of three. Uh, we'll go there to be able to learn more, to bring, to bring more ideas and to be able to offer better and more opportunities for, for Clubhouse members. Mucha cosa. Mucha cosa, no paramos. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, uh, is it an enjoyable job as chief executive? It, it is, it is. I, I love my job. Uh, I go there and it's not like, oh, I'm going to go to work. I really like it. It's like a family. So we work really hard, but it's a very nice atmosphere. It's a happy place. It's a safe place and we help each other. So I'm really happy. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. For many, December was a month of indulgence. Perhaps you ate a little bit too much or had one drink too many at some point. But um, in any case, January gives us a great opportunity to focus on our health and to try and make some improvements in our lives, in our habits. Uh, And for those uh, who are trying to observe dry January... And that means cutting out alcohol. Of course, alcohol consumption is linked to higher rates of cancer and brain and heart damage, depression and liver damage, of course. Uh, so there are very good health reasons to cut back and, and certainly to not drink too much alcohol. Uh, but, um, but we're going to talk to Sophie Clifton Tucker now, who champions a completely sober lifestyle. Uh, good afternoon, Sophie. Thank you for joining us uh, and um, tell us how how long have you been completely sober? Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, This is actually my fourth dry January and it will be five years in April, which seems astounding to say out loud because I really was probably the last person that all my friends thought would opt for this lifestyle. But yeah, five years in April. And what uh, what prompted the the move for you? Uh, well, I think like like uh, most stories, it it started with a thoroughly good night out. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, people want to hear a story where, you know, I had some kind of problem and that's why I had to go sober because then they think, oh, well, I don't have a problem, so I don't need to stop drinking. But the truth is it wasn't it wasn't as stereotypically problematic as you might think. It was, you know, your regular Friday night down Chatham or after work drinks. But I always say that you don't need to have a drinking problem to have a problem with drinking. And for me, I felt like the binging, it was just getting excessive. I'm in my 30s now and it was affecting me for days after, not just the actual physical hangover, but the mental hangover, the anxiety. It was too much for me. Well, I mean, I suppose, talk to us about some of the 
differences that you noticed when you cut out alcohol? Because then that might prompt the thought that um, some people might think, well, actually, yes, I, I didn't think I had a problem with drinking alcohol, as mm. you say. But I do notice those things uh, and I would like to cut them out. Yeah, well, definitely energy levels. I I didn't realise how much it was impacting me in that way. You feel very lethargic. You feel very mentally sort of jaded, a bit in a haze. Um, and, and the problem with, with drinking at the weekend is you feel so much better by Thursday that by the time Friday rolls around, you're like, well, let's go again. I feel great. And then you, it's the merry-go-round and you just want to get off it. And, you know, I can report a number of things. Um, clearer skin, uh, better sleep. That was a big one. Uh, the weekends are so astronomically long now. I didn't even know they were that long. I spent most of it with my head down the toilet ordering Hungry Monkey. But now I'm doing activities and I've just got a lot more quality time with friends and family, I feel. Excellent. Um, okay, so um, I suppose it, when uh, a few drinks on a Friday night in particular it is uh, so ingrained in a lot of people's like habits, um, especially when you're young, as you still are, um, how, how have other people responded? Has it been difficult socially for you? Well, first of all, thank you for calling me young. That's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look, I think the hardest part of going sober is definitely other people's opinions. Because, look, if I say to someone, I've quit smoking, they're going to go, well done, that's brilliant. You know, I need to quit. Give me some tips. But if you tell them you've stopped drinking, they look at you like you've grown two extra heads. And it's like, but why? How boring. Shikisha, let's have a drink. And that is definitely... Let's discuss it over a wine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And also they're like, ah, you'll be back. You'll be back. This isn't going to last long. So you've really got to champion yourself because I don't think other people are going to. (laughs) So presumably you don't get that anymore, no? What did you say, four years plus? Five in April, yeah. I think people have given up now. Occasionally at Christmas they might just go, oh, do you want a glass of wine? And look at me like, it's like, no, I still don't. Uh, But the first year it was definitely... I think they probably had a... They were probably, like, guessing when I was going to give in. So I was going to say, like, Christmas, does it become harder? Or New Year's Eve, you know, like a glass of champagne? Um, in, in a way, yes, and in a way, no. I feel like I come out of the Christmas period feeling so much better that it's never worth going back to having a drink at Christmas. Um, and in a way it is because you want to, you, you want you don't want to feel like you're left out in any way uh, but once you start watching everyone get sleepy or angry or sicky you're like okay actually I'm all right I'm back here with my with my juice <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you talked about improved sleep which um, which has since been challenged by other life changes no yes i have not been sleeping too well thanks to my little pink human uh, but him aside, the quality of sleep has definitely improved. Yeah, can you imagine then how much harder it would be if you're also having to compound that lack of sleep, which parenthood inevitably brings for a period of time before it gets better? Thank you. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> if you if you compounded that with sort of hangovers, no, from alcohol. There is no there is no way I could deal with my child in the morning on a hangover. There's no way, impossible. <laughs> Well, uh, from dry January, which um, which I think is something that um, I, I hear more and more people trying and, and giving a go. Um, uh, maybe before we move on to another topic, you, we can just um, ask you to, to summarise why you think, if somebody is thinking about it, why, why you would recommend it. There are so many more positives than negatives and why not try it because if it's not for you you can go back to your weekend drinking or or whatever and also don't just wait for dry january or sober october you can have 
free of alcohol February or, you know, mostly not drinking alcohol in March. Just try it. And if you if you can't do the month, if you really can't make it throughout the month without a drink, maybe you sh- that's the reason you should try, you know? Because sometimes uh, alcohol can mask uh, other issues with depression and anxiety and... and Absolutely, it can exacerbate all of those things and you might not even realise that alcohol's the issue because you think, well, I'm not putting vodka on my cornflakes in the morning so I don't have a problem. But genuinely, if you can just go 30 days without a drop of alcohol, see how you feel at the end of it. You might be surprised. For me, I feel like it's a superpower and I've always said, when I stop feeling the benefits, maybe I'll go back to drinking, but I haven't so far. Excellent. Um, okay, so from that, we're going to move on to the book club, which uh, we can see looking beautiful on, on our televisions. Um, uh, it hasn't started yet, but you've got the uh, the, the promo running, giving us a, a little bit of insight into who's going to be on in this season. Um, tell us a little bit about the, the preparation of this series. Um, okay, so this is series two of the book club. Um, it has been another absolute whirlwind. It's such an exciting show to film because I feel like it's not like any other book programs. We're not taking a book, analysing the plot and the characters and all the rest of it. Instead, we're delving into all the part that comes before that. So uh, speaking to authors, uh, local authors specifically, about how how they get to the end product, from the seedling of an idea to the physical product in their hand. How did they choose the cover, the artwork? Um, what were the challenges they experienced? Do they have any weird writing quirks? Um, and that's been so fun. And you're working with Alistair Sanchez on it, the who's done only. a great job with the visuals. No, It, it looks beautiful. Uh, I love working with Alistair because he has such a fresh vision for everything that he does and the the pop of colour and the kind of punchiness about it. I think it's a really watchable show, whether or not you even like reading. I think this even, you know, it's just easy viewing. It is because um, you, you bring in personalities no? and, 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 and they sort of bring something um, interesting to it even before they start talking about anything that they've read. Uh, so, so whet the appetite. We, we've seen the... Uh, Gibraltar news, uh, Chronicle newspapers editor Brian Reyes. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is on this season? Um, we have a number of people. We've got my friends and local drag artists Coco and Isis. Um, we've also, well, you know, I'm not going to give too much away. You have to watch it Monday. Starts on Monday. 9 p.m. Okay. Straight Every after Monday. the news. Great slot. Yeah, perfect slot. And it will be running for eight weeks. Um, you're going to see a lot of familiar faces and a couple of new ones as well. Um, we also have a few community features, really exciting ones. We look at Rock Retreat. We went to Octopus House, which is incredible inside, Beautiful. by the way. Like, they had to literally extract me because I was like, I'm, I'm moving in. Um, we visited the Garrison Library again because they have an exciting new development in their basement, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to revolutionise the whole library. The basement? Archiving. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without any sunlight, but but um, exciting nevertheless. Yeah, you don't need sunlight for this. Mm. Have a watch. Mm. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we also head downtown for the Vox Pops. We cornered you all and asked you questions about your reading experiences, which was very fun for me, probably not for the people I cornered. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for putting up with it because it makes for good television. Um, Sophie, have any of the um, books that your guests have told you about prompted you to, to do some new reading? It's definitely prompted me to buy new books and then add them to my bedside table on the pile of uh, shame 
which are the books that I have not read yet. <laughs> I don't think that's a pile of shame. I think it's extremely, I tell myself anyway, that it's extremely important to have books in your house that you haven't read yet because you're planning on reading some really good content and mm. you've read and it's there ready for you when life gives you a, a slice of time to do that. That's the thing. I don't have a slice of time at the minute. I keep yes, thinking I should yes. get the audio books, but I just love the feel of a new book. It's very cliche, but I really do just want to buy the actual product, so... Beautiful. Okay, so just a reminder then, on Monday, um, starting on Monday, but then it'll be a, a weekly series from then, at 9pm, straight after the news, uh, a fresh series of The Book Club with Sophie uh, and her guests. Before we let you go, let's return to our earlier topic, um, uh, Dry January, and uh, and we're going to hear now from a number of people um, on Main Street who Shalina Asimol has been speaking to to, to gauge uh, their verdict on it. Hello, yes, we've been in town asking people for their thoughts on dry January. I have to admit, most people uh, didn't really say they were doing it, though the overall consensus is that January is a month where people tend to drink less anyway. Most people understood um, the benefits of it for sleep, for their mental health, uh, but said because they drink so little in January, they'd allow themselves the odd glass when it did come up. Thank you, Shalina. Uh, so we'll have more on that story tonight on GBC News at 8.30, the usual time. Um, Joe has been in touch. Thank you, Joe. Uh, he says it's his fourth dry January. He did 2021, 2022 and last year as well. And uh, it works well for him. And he's halfway through 2024, almost. Uh, well done to you. Uh, 2021, he actually stretched all the way to March. Um, and uh, he recommends it um so thank you joe for being in touch and thank you once again sophie clifton tucker for talking it up and championing a sober lifestyle i should say that um what i have definitely noticed my children are sleeping a bit better now but i've definitely noticed that the the you know having just a glass of wine or or, or beer in the evening if it's if it's so if it's if it's not too long before i go to bed so let's say after dinner mm. uh, or with dinner, it has a big impact on my quality of sleep. Absolutely. And it's really making me think more and more about doing that less and less. Uh, so even though I'm not sort of doing a, a completely dry January, I'm I'm sobering up. Um, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> sobering up on air. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean. I'm having less and less alcohol uh, in the evening in particular. Um, and obviously I can't while I'm at work during the afternoon. So <laughs> digging myself a hole. Thank you for coming and have a great weekend. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.